I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to that Gabby Roslin podcast. What a treat it was to chat to Lucifer himself, Tom Ellis. We, of course, talk all about the phenomenal success of the series Lucifer and his recent Pop Culture Icon Award from the Hollywood Critics Association. Plus, filming the upcoming Players with Jane the Virgin star Gina Rodriguez. And, of course, playing Gary in Miranda. He also talks about karaoke, his love of golf and his friendship with James Corden and Luke Evans. Enjoy! Please, can I ask you a favour? Would you mind, please, following and subscribing, please, by pressing the follow or subscribe buttons, please? This is completely and utterly free, by the way. And then you can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which is the purple app on your iPhone or iPad. Simply scroll down to the bottom of all of the episodes and you'll see the stars where you can tap and rate. And also, please write a review. Thank you so much. How many places was that? Probably too many, but please, thank you. Tom, I'll tell you my favourite thing was you started almost singing. Oh, my God. What, did I? Oh, no. No, you just know you did the... <laughs> but we didn't get a real song. The aw- awkward, the awkward, can anyone hear me? Ditty that I like to sing. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Gabby? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. It's nice to hear your voice. Well, it's good to speak to you again. You know what was so funny is that I... The reason I was hoping you were going to sing is because um, my kids who are... Uh, we all watch Lucifer, but my kids who are obsessed, uh, they they wanted to watch the musical version again. So I came oh, back. Yes. I'm doing breakfast uh, radio at the moment, and I came back in, and they said, you've got to watch it again. So we, I watched you once again, the musical version, which gives us all such pleasure. Oh, of, good. Of Lucifer. You have Job got done. to have enjoyed it. Please tell me you enjoyed the music, Lucifer the musical version. Oh my gosh, I, like that for me was like, that was like I'd won a competition every day and went into work. I was like, what's this brilliant thing that's happened today? It's a whole dance routine with like 100, 100 dancers. Uh, no, I loved it. It was, it was so much fun. Well, so the whole thing, I, I, we have to look, let's just start with, with Lucifer. It'd be crazy if we don't. Obviously, we're going to have to go to Gary because you know how much I love, 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 love Miranda. But, um, <laughs> oh, and also you've just won the Pop Culture Icon Award. Excuse me. I know. From the Hollywood Critics Association. I know, I'm, I'm absolutely um, delighted. I've never won anything before in my life, Gabby, <laughs> apart from my 50-metre breaststroke at school. 
Was that it? Is that the only medal you got? <laughs> I, think, I think that's pretty much it, yeah. Did I, you never um, win a tombola? No, I don't think so. I mean, I've won a couple of scratch cards in the past. Oh. Um, but not for not for huge amounts of money. Um, no, I just, I, it's it's that weird one where, I mean, I'm, I was delighted mainly because, you know, uh, being in the show for like six years, I sometimes when you're in something, you kind of feel like this is the sort of thing that probably wouldn't get recognised at that sort of level. Um, and um, and so for it, you know, for them to give me that award after six years, I was absolutely delighted because it's like, oh, the critics like it as well. That's nice. Yeah, but it's such a, you know, if you're going to get an award, I know you're up for an Emmy, so good luck for that as well. But <laughs> I, but it's quite something to have a pop culture icon. I don't. There's something that's very rock and roll. I know. I was. Um, I know. I was. I honestly, Gabby, I was really, really chuffed, and I, I kind of felt like it was. The one they they phrased it to me is that um that you brought a character that not a lot of people knew about um into the into the modern sort of popular culture basically Lucifer is something that a lot of people know about these days the show Lucifer um, uh, sorry so, I know yeah. stop 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 do you know I don't know maybe you do know that you've had nineteen billion views of Lucifer nineteen billion that's that's quite crazy. <laughs> That's quite crazy. Um, I know it's been it's been quite a ride, uh, certainly, and especially since you know we went through we went through a whole thing like halfway through the show after season three we were cancelled, and so to go from that point to where we are now to the popularity of the you know the show and how it's just become this this kind of juggernaut really for Netflix. Um, it's been it's been quite the ride. <laughs> So, but okay, actually, I remember seeing on social media, and you were you were very outspoken. I think they even had you on Newsnight, if I'm right. I did. Thinking. I know. Because because when Fox cancelled it, and then it and you fought. I mean, you really just said no. Let's let's not kill off mm-hmm. Lucifer. Well, I kind of it, it, I I was led by the fans. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I. I found out about the show being cancelled about 24 hours before it was announced to the world. No, and you're was, kidding me. No, I, and I was in, <laughs> Gabby, I was in Rome. I was having a brilliant time. I was with my mates and we were at this fan convention. And, um, you know, there was a lot of hijinks happening. And all of a sudden I got this phone call and it was like the air had been just sucked out of the room. Um, and I was like, oh. And so I had to travel back to London. And in this sort of 24-hour period, I was really kind of, I was really gutted about the whole thing, to be honest, because I really felt, you know, one, one, I just love making the show, but also I felt like it had really started to gain popularity and people were really enjoying it. Um, and then I had this kind of funny feeling that people weren't going to be happy when the news broke. But when it did break, that's when everything kind of turned around for me mentally as well, because the response on social media was just so overwhelming. And it went from making me feel good about, oh, people really like the show, to, oh, my God, they still they want to try and get it continued and want to try and bring it back. And it was, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, and, I, you know, it's maybe like a couple of days after it was announced, I got a call from Warner Brothers saying, look, they're going to try and find a new home for it um, because because they'd sort of taken note of the fan response. And that's when I got myself out to LA again to help with that process. And I was at, literally at Heathrow Airport leaving for LA and Newsnight contacted me saying they wanted me to go on the show to talk about it. And I was like, this is bonkers. This is grown-up news now. Um so it was just, it was one of those unique things that I, you know, it just doesn't happen a lot. And I am so appreciative to our fans for that moment. And ever since then, it's, it's strange. It's like they've become sort of shareholders in the show. Um, 
and it's you know it's been a very sort of uh, two way two way relationship. What's so amazing is it you know okay I'm, I'm, it wasn't really a gamble for for Netflix because they knew that it had been a success, but then it ended up being its biggest acquisition. And mm-hmm. as I'm going to keep saying it, 19 billion views, which is extraordinary. It really is an extraordinary amount. Oh, no. You're now executive <laughs> producer. I, I mean, it, and you, you beat all the other shows and the shows mm. that, you know, become part of everybody, you know, Stranger Things and all the shows mm-hmm. that everybody talks about. And that your show, that there you were on Newsnight on the BBC, you were travelling out to LA to save a TV show. Just, it sort of feels like you should be making a, a TV show about the the, re, the redoing of this. It sort of sounds <laughs> unbelievable. I know it's the truth because I've read it and you've talked yeah. about it very openly. But it sort of sounds like, are you, are you sure? Do you, do you see what I mean? It sounds unbelievable. I, mean, the, the, I, I do. I mean, I would say that like the behind the scenes drama of Lucifer is, you know, has been as kind of like up and down as on screen. Um it's been a show that, it, weirdly, you know, we, the people at the very sort of creative core of it, we always really loved it and cared about it. And I think there's always that feeling when you're making something that you just want people to feel the same way you do about something. Um, and we find ourselves in that place now, but it's not been, it wasn't like an instantaneous hit in that in that regard. It felt like we really had to kind of continue to believe in ourselves um, when, you know, when the first few seasons came out. But it is, I mean, it's it's so incredibly vindicating I suppose as a feeling to, to have that feeling of like I really care about this thing and I think that I think that we're like we're trying to make the best version of this show that we're doing and we put so much kind of like passion and and, and heart into it that you do hope that that's reciprocated by an audience and when it is it's such a kind of like it's such a nice feeling I mean it's, it's the reason we do it in the first place <laughs> it, it is incredible that now also you're God <laughs> God probably has about nine billion views uh, daily, <laughs> let's say. Yes. Um, but you're God, uh, and and you're walking into the final season of this extraordinary mammoth show. Um, okay. Don't, actually, I don't want spoilers. Okay. But but how does it feel that it's all now over? Oh my gosh. I do want a little spoiler. Give us a little spoiler. Some, what do I mean? I don't want, do you want? a little okay. one, a so little one. I'll, all I would tease you with it is that we left it at the end that we that Lucifer has has gotten the god job, and then what we yeah. find out at the beginning of season six is um, he, you know, he's he's waiting to start the job, and basically everyone's waiting for him, and it can't start until he goes to his coronation. And Lucifer, in you know, true Lucifer style, has been procrastinating about this new role that he has, because actually deep down he realises that maybe he's not the right person for the job. <laughs> um, so there's there's that at play. And then um, we introduce a new character in the final season who adds a dynamic to Lucifer's life that we've never explored in the first six seasons. And um, I'll just leave it at that. But basically, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really... I, I like to think it's a really fitting end because I felt like our character had gone full circle. But in this season, he's gone full circle. And then there's just a little bit more of a story. You're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So I, I, yeah, no, I really like season six. And I really like the way we finish. I I think, you know, going back to your point about how do I feel, I feel satisfied. That's the difference between between now and three years ago. Because three years ago when the show got cancelled, I felt gutted because I felt like, oh, it, it was almost like we were doing a play. And the interval had happened. And then we came back in and, and they'd, stopped, they'd closed the play down. 
And it was like, oh, but we've got all this story to tell. Um, and now I feel like we've had that opportunity and, and it's so satisfying, especially in, you know, in the modern day, you never know if your show is going to car- carry on or not. And there's this whole kind of cancellation cloud that's, that's, that's you know, um, sort of looms over TV all the time. To know that you're going to have the end of your story and be able to tell it is, is really quite satisfying. So that's how I feel. I feel happy and satisfied. That's a lovely way to feel. You don't often hear mm. people saying that, so that's really good to to um, hear. But you've gone straight on to do another show, haven't you, for Netflix Players? With uh, again, my kids so excited because you're working with Jane the Virgin. Uh, with Jane, yeah. Um, are you taping that at the moment? Yes, we are. So I'm I'm literally in New York City at the moment. I'm looking over the rooftops of Brooklyn whilst I'm talking oh, wow. to you. I know, and um, yeah, we're here. It's actually a romantic comedy movie for Netflix. So, um, yeah, I've, I've got a few more weeks here and we've had a lot of fun making it and Jean is awesome. Um, and, yeah, that comes out next year at some point on Netflix. So, um, yeah, I know it's, it's strange kind of like moving into, it, moving into a new job because like, it feels like I haven't really done that for six years and starting the process again of building a character and all that. It's like, oh, I've forgotten how to do this. No, you haven't. It's like riding a bike. Yeah, <laughs> no, but you ha- you've been, you've been. I'm not going to say lucky because that's that. You know, you really worked hard to make sure that Lucifer Morningstar carried on. But, but you know, with uh, working with Gina and then Rebel Wilson, we are going to come round to Miranda, of course. Ooh, oh, don't worry. I can yeah. hear an aeroplane out there. Um, uh, Rebel Wilson, um, isn't it romantic? Please tell me that she. I'd, even if she wasn't, can you just tell me that she is the most joy to spend time with? Oh, sh- Rebel's hilarious. I only spent a day with her on that job, and we sat in, like, in between shots, we sat in this little room in this disused hospital together, and she just made me laugh. She is a very funny person. Um, and I was, um, I was delighted to do that little part in that film. Oh, I it was great. <laughs> I wanted to know about that. Let, let, let's go. Uh, there's so much that I want to talk about, but let's go. I, we keep talking about Gary. And um, as a huge fan of Miranda's and Sarah Hadland, who I've worked with um, on Talking Pictures, mm. what, what, what a joy of a person uh, Sarah yeah. is. And, and what a show. And it still stands up. I don't know if you watch it. Again, oh, I, do. I hope you do. Good. So, uh, Gabby, I'm just going to tell you right now, while you're talking about this, I've got the hairs on my arms stand up because it is a special, it's such a special point in my life, that the whole Miranda experience. And those people are, you know, they're like family. Um, and they always will be. When we all see each other, it's like we never, we did the reunion show like yes. in November and um, it was, gosh, it was before lockdown now, which is crazy to think about. But um yeah, we we did that, and it was like we hadn't we hadn't all seen each other for years. I hadn't seen a lot of them for a long, long time, and it was we picked up exactly where we left off. I mean, it's just a really wonderful group of people. And Miranda is just she's just a very special person. And and the show was very special, and is very special, and mm. uh, it, it's one it is one of the extraordinary things that. And I hope you take this as a compliment because I mean it <laughs> as a compliment that you will forever be Gary. Now I know you're an actor and you are Lucifer, and in in you know I'm not going to say the amount again in a lot of people's eyes, but you will always as well be Gary. And I hope you take that as a compliment. Oh, I, of course I do. I mean, it's it, I mean I feel very lucky that the last sort of two big jobs that I've done really that that people remember me as the character which is I guess again like part of the job that's what you want the, your lasting impression to be um 
uh, I I love that. I mean, Lucy, uh, sorry, Miranda is my my family love Miranda. Like my kids watch it. It's the only show that my kids will go back and revisit that I'm in, um, and if watch at all, to be honest. And my parents love it. My sisters love it. It's just one of those things that it's become sort of a cultural classic in the UK. And I completely get why with the sensibilities and everything surrounding it. So, you know, being being a, 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 a character that people remember from that is, um, is very special. Oh, how lovely. It's interesting you say that your family will like it because um, all the interviews, when I was doing all my research on you, um, all the interviews talk about is you playing Lucifer and the fact that your dad, your uncle and your <laughs> sister are all... All of the church are all pastors, I, yeah. and it's quite incredible. It's the, it's it seems to be the, the first thing anybody says that you can't as an actor. You're playing the devil, and yet your family. It's it's the first thing they all ask you. I know. Well, also, yeah, but you know, a lot of the a lot of those people are over here in the states, and the states in the UK are very different in um, how religion is at the forefront of people's consciousness. I would suggest. Um, especially Christianity. So, like, I, I it, it's very. I, I knew that when I was doing a job called Lucifer in the States, that even before the show went out, there would be some people who, who thought that was a ridiculous, horrible idea, and we should all go to hell, <laughs> basically, for making it. And I, and and um, what I loved was I knew the show wasn't about that. I knew the show was a great story about redemption. But I also knew that in my back pocket, I had this trump card of like, well, look, I'm from this family of people who really believe the things that you're saying you believe, and they're all cool with it. So, you know, I don't know. So I, I sort of used it to my advantage in that sense to kind of calm this sort of the, the people that really wanted to have a go at the show. And I, I, it was really interesting, you know, the, the people that, were, that really didn't want the show to happen haven't seen it and I when someone sort of like tries to ban something that they know nothing about and haven't seen I think that suggests a lot more about those people than it does about the thing they're trying to ban that's very interesting um and and so it was a whole kind of like sociological experiment in my life of kind of like playing this character and being able to kind of defend it with the church and I have to say like six years later my the most satisfying responses I get about the show are from people of faith who still are people of faith and watch really? the show and get a huge amount from it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I get, I get, I get, um, you know, um, notes from like ministers and people that have done sermons about it that use it in their youth groups and yeah, all sorts of stuff. It's because there is a. That's the thing. It's like people want to sort of judge the, a book by the, by its cover before actually looking inside. And um, this particular show, weirdly, a show about the devil, has promoted a lot of kindness amongst the people that watch it. Kindness is is the key, and actually, that's going back so. to Miranda. There was Miranda, the, the show itself, and obviously the person, but but Miranda, the show, and Gary. It was all it was all kind. Mm-hmm. It was kind, it was. and it was the, there's an innocence about it. And I and yeah. again, I mean that as a compliment because I think there is nothing that that we all need more than slight innocence around things. Well, I think and and, and fun. Like Miranda is just yeah. someone who wants to embrace the sense of fun unashamedly, unabashedly embrace fun and silliness and how liberating And embrace that, falling over. Exactly, and how My liberating that thing. can be and not caring, not caring about what people think about you and all those things. And, you know, in a, sort of, in a very sort of cynical world that's getting hotter and hotter, um, literally, um, it, it, we, we're looking more and more for escapism and, and things that can just kind of like relieve that tension instantaneously and something like Miranda and weirdly Lucifer you know it has a kind of like big heart at the center of it and it has sort of unashamedly fun and silly in moments it's like people are looking for that and people 
you know, find comfort in that. Exactly. Uh, interesting that everybody always talks about your dad and your uncle and your sister. I know you've got mm. two sisters, though. Um, but but your mum was a... I might, I might be wrong. Was she a music teacher? My mum was a music teacher, yeah. Is that where you learnt the French horn? <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, my mum um, thought it was very important that all of us actually had, you know, tried to learn instruments when we were kids. So I um, I started playing the cornet weirdly when I was about four or five years old. Ooh, moved up young. to the trump, moved up to the trumpet, and I think when I was about eight or nine, my mum and dad made an executive decision on my behalf that I should move from the trumpet to the French horn because it would give me more <laughs> quote it would give me quote more opportunities as I get older. <laughs> Which always makes me laugh. I'm like, where are these opportunities, Mum and Dad? Which <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I grew up playing in like orchestras and all of that sort of stuff. My sister, my older sister, played cello. My twin sister played uh, violin. Um, you know, it was it was very much part of our of our background. Music was much more my background than drama. I didn't really stumble across drama until I was late in doing my A levels. And was it a teacher? Was it a particular teacher that said drama? It was, to you? yeah. Well, I, there was there was two things. There was my my old English teacher from my GCSEs, Claire Pender, who I adore and still is a friend of mine these days. Um, she came to me um, knowing that I was stuck for a third A level subject, and she was like, "Look, I'm running the theatre studies course. I know you've never done it before, Tom. I know you enjoyed English in your GCSEs, but basically, I've got twelve girls and I've got one boy, and I need some boys in the group." And I was like, "How many? How many girls is that again?" Um, like that, I had really the wrong motives for, for joining the <laughs> studies group. Um, but that basically, I, I did like a couple of lessons of that, and I was like, I, I really enjoy this. And then she cast me in the school play that year, and a friend of mine's mum, who used to be an actress, she came to see it, and she called me up the next day after watching it. She said, "I saw you in the play last night. I really think you should think about going to drama school." And uh, until that moment, I'd never really sort of thought about it or valued myself in that department. Um, and the more that idea sort of lived with me and grew with me over that over that next year, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And um, I find myself here today talking to you. It's weird, isn't it? But but isn't it wonderful though? I mean, I I it's very interesting the amount of people who talk about how a teacher changed mm. their life and made them mm-hmm. suddenly. Ah, those those teachers are so. They're so vital, so important. I had the same thing with with the teacher at school, and I will never forget her because she helped me. She suddenly understood what I wanted to do, and you had that as well. And even though you didn't see it for yourself, yeah, how fantastic! And what did your parents say though when you when you said you're going to do that? Were they were they up for that? Were they so my they my my mum and dad went to a parents' evening at my school and it was my that teacher Claire that said, Look, I've been with Tom for a while now and I really think you should let him think about doing this. Like I think he's got what it takes. So they were sort of quietly my as my parents always are, they were quietly supportive. <laughs> they paid for my train fare to get to my auditions, but they didn't come with me, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. um it was really funny because I was this always reminds me of you, Gabby, weirdly. I remember auditioning for drama schools and getting all the kind of like prospectuses for different drama schools. And they've always got like black and white photos of the alumni of each drama school. And you went, did you go to Guildford, GSA? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, I, I, it's for some reason always stuck with me because your photo was in the back of that prospectus. <laughs> as I called the it? previous students. That well, I there. didn't oh, know Gavin, that. Gavin Rosley went to Guildford. I'd like to go there. I like Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know what? I, dramas. There is. I, it was the most wonderful time. But I, I was. The, I was the sort of the freak there because everybody said they wanted to be at the RSU and the National and mm-hmm. movies. But yeah, I'd like to do live Saturday morning telly. And they go, what? what? <laughs> Did you know that then? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I knew it from very young age. But so you're so oh, the instruments though has stayed with you though, of course, because if you go on YouTube, there are many, many videos of you singing with your guitar um mm-hmm. uh <laughs> yeah rag and bone man i was watching you being only yeah human. it's human yeah it's, lovely. it's weird i mean that again that's a sort of that's a skill that i've kind of worked on whilst doing lucifer because I, I was downtime in my trailer and stuff that's how i amused myself and the show it's it's and again you'll appreciate this gabby like when you train in the uk to be an actor you either train to be a serious you know straight dramatic actor or you train to do musical theatre. Yes, and yeah. there's no kind of like middle ground. There doesn't seem to be any middle ground there. And you either go on one path or the, or the other path. And I obviously went down the um, you know straight, serious, dramatic acting route and left music behind. Um, and didn't think I'd ever, ever was a singer. I mean, I used to sing in church and growing up, and I loved singing, but it was never something that I thought was my main skill. And then weirdly, you know, Years later, this show Lucifer comes along, and they um, we went out for a, like a social in our first season of cheating, and we went to a karaoke bar, and the showrunners heard me singing, and they decided that they wanted to put it in the show. So um, that's how that came about, and then it's kind of made me fall back in love with singing, um, and I now feel like a musical is something I'd love to do, oh, as opposed yes. to something I couldn't do. Before. But if they so, do. Um... If they do the commitments again, you could join in with that because oh. uh, if, if the rumours are true that your karaoke song of choice is Mustang Sally. This is indeed true. Yes. <laughs> and could be verified by several several people and lots of people have been to various weddings over the years. Um, <laughs> you do it at weddings as well. Oh, my God. There's always a point. If there's a live band and there's booze, there's always a point at which I think it's a good idea or someone else thinks it's a good idea that I get to see it. So... <laughs> I will get you to sing on this because Michael Ball has sung on this and Luke oh, Evans gosh. has sung on this. Oh, lovely Luke. Yeah, lovely, no pressure. Lovely Luke. <laughs> You're talking of lovely um, people. You were also, you trained with James McAvoy, didn't you? Lovely mm-hmm. James McAvoy. Yeah, oh, my we've been mates for years. We, were, we started when we were 18 together at drama school and then lived together for years. Yeah, he's still a really close friend of mine. He's a lovely guy. So isn't have, it, isn't did you two lovely? sing together? Um, I think we must have sung together in drama school a little bit. James has got a good voice. James has got a not. He hasn't utilised it much, but he's got a very good singing voice, as old Jamesy. Um, do you know? I've worked out what you two can do together. What musical? When they do the Greatest Showman, the musical, mm. <gasps> you'd be Should good I? in that, and so would James. Oh, my kids would love that. There we go. <laughs> Right, I've just cast it. That's you. Yes. Yeah. No, I did. I quite enjoyed watching The Greatest Showman. Um, yeah. No, it'd be that. That would be a lot of fun. But uh, sharing the stage with James again would be an absolute joy because he is phenomenal as an actor, but especially on stage, he is fantastic. Do you want to go back and do stage work as well? Then I oh, mean, you're yeah. in, you're in New York at the moment, so you know Broadway, yeah. West End, all of that's what everybody aspires to. But d- would you go back and do theatre? I mean, you're just oh, aren't you too definitely. busy with movies and TV? 
Well, I mean, I, I am thankfully busy, but at the same time, like, I, the reason I fell in love with acting in the first place was through the theatre. And that experience of being in the theatre was something you don't, it's not, you know, it's not um, replicated on, on a movie or TV set. The live feeling of theatre is just unique. And for me, I, you know, I feel like it's rehab for acting. Because if you spend a lot of time on TV sets and movie sets, you can, you can you know, get into habits and things. And um, I just think like the rehearsal room and just then the experience of like the thing being alive and growing every night and changing and adapting. And just, I, I just think it's just the most wonderful experience. So, you know, for sure, I definitely want to go back to the theatre. So how long are you, so are you just in New York while you're, while you're um, taping players? Is that, yes. is that, and then yeah. you go back to LA? Go back to LA, um, yeah, and then um, I don't know what's next after that at the moment. I'm going to take a bit of time to sort of have a little think. And oh see no, what's I wasn't asking that. Sorry, no, I wasn't family. asking that. All, no, I wasn't. I didn't mean what what are you doing next. I'd never asked That's that. Right. But what I meant was about being on on Broadway because you're there in New York, and mm-hmm. it's is our theatres open again on Broadway? They're just about to start opening again. Yeah. So I think like lots of productions are in rehearsals at the moment to open, uh, like I think next week actually, if not already. So it's it's a strange one because everything feels like it's geared to be up and running, and there's still that kind of like, yeah. what's happening in the world because of the Delta variant? Everyone's like just got that whole you know not sureness going on, which seems to be existing everywhere right now. I know, but it was. I mean, it was a it was a very weird old. 18 months of course your kids are yeah. over here in the UK so that must have been very yeah. difficult as well not being able to oh, fly in and out it was horrible I mean I my I you know I spend a lot of time on airplanes back and forth trying to see my family and um, keep it all going and when Covid hit it made it an already sort of tricky situation much more difficult um, so yeah that side of it personally was was horrible but I've been able to thankfully spend lots of time with them recently um, and lovely. they've just been out in New York with me which was lovely Oh, how nice. Yeah. So, oh, that is nice. yes, they that got to experience nice. the lovely, hot, humid New York summer. Oh, no, but uh, <laughs> listen, we've had winter throughout. I, I'm no summer here, but also New York. I find New York one of the most exciting places. California, yes, for the weather. New York for the whole, the feeling on the streets of New York. I don't, it's sort of inexplainable. Inexplicable, that's the word. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's, got a, it's just an energy here that exists that that is certainly unique in America you know from everywhere I've been in the states this is the, I would say the most like London um in terms of an energy um but it's just it is unique New York do you remember that tongue twister yes it is very unique true unique New York, New York. Uh, <laughs> so what is life like living in LA uh, is it everything that we all imagine it to be all the people who haven't done it because we I think we it is um, it's, is it show it's, busy? Is it sunny I mean, all the time? It's sunny all the time. There's definitely that. Um, I mean, I think climate is a huge reason why people love being there. Um, it is the epicenter of the entertainment industry, which is both good and bad, I would say. Um, because unlike a city like New York or London, where there's lots and lots of people here and they've all got dreams and aspirations... And it feels like in LA, there's lots and lots of people there with one dream and one aspiration, and it's all the same one. And so there's this kind of like innate competitiveness that just simmers away under the surface. Um, but if you're there and you're working and things are working out for you, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but um, it's it, 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 it's not 
um, ingrained in my heart in the same way that London is, for example. But you say um, there's competitiveness. Are you a competitive person? Are you able to handle it? Or are you competitive yourself? Oh, I think I, I'm competitive to a certain degree, but not like when it comes to working, not particularly. Um, I have been over the years and I've gotten, you know, that's been a learning process for me as well. Because you're always kind of like, well, I was always comparing myself to other people's success. And I had a kind of like epiphany moment, I think like in my 20s at some point, where I was like, hold on, it's not about everyone else. This is about my journey and stop trying to replicate other people's journeys and, you know, embrace my uniqueness and all of those sort of things. Um, but it's hard to do because it, you work in an industry where you're consistently turned down and you're wondering why not me, why them? Um, so, you know, it's... So it's, what keeps it's you going through that? Um, I've always kind of... Well, I mean, I've been... I've had enough success in my career to, to keep me going. Um, and certainly, you know, at this point now, I feel like... I think that I'm going to work again after this job. <laughs> there's always that yeah, feeling. I think, I th- I think there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but actors, you know, no matter how successful actors are, they've always got that thing deep down in them that's going, am I ever going to work again? Um, but I think, you know, I, I've had enough success to kind of warrant the fact that this is my career now. And also, I just love it. You know, that's the thing. I really, really enjoy the job that I do. Um, and yeah. I don't know. It seems it seems to be paying off at the moment. That's good. I like that. I like that you feel mm. that. And it's 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 actually the fact that you've got you're you're remitting that in the past you let it get to you and that you were competitive mm-hmm. and you didn't understand it. That that for you know all the actors that listen to this and think I'll never get to that stage. It can. Of course you can. Of course you yeah. can. You have oh, I to think, believe, like, don't you? Well, it's interesting you're talking about Luke because Luke and I had Luke Evans and I had a chat a couple of years ago about it, and you know things happened relatively later on for Luke mm. as well. Um, and you know, if, if he'd given up when the chips were down earlier in his career, he wouldn't be the person he is and where he is now in his career. So it's and someone like Michael Fassbender the same. You know, um, it's really interesting how these things. You know, you've got to maintain that belief in yourself and you've got to continue getting better. I think that's the other thing. You know, you've got to be open to, like, not being... There's no kind of end game with acting. It's just trying to get better. And, like, age does that for you anyway, I would suggest, an experience outside of acting. Um, but just, you know, as, a, as, a, as an artist and performer, just, just want to keep going and, and getting better and improving. That's such a lovely... That's a great way to look at it, though, as well. Mm. You, say, you know what? You sound much... Because um, I, I interviewed you so, such a long time ago, but, but you sound like you really chilled it's such a weak way of describing it but it's as if you know who you who you are and what you are and what you want to do and you found a a sort of a really you said that you feel satisfied with the ending of of lucifer Mm -hmm. now it's finished it's sort of that you sound really grounded and very calm about life oh thanks gabby Do you I, feel that? <laughs> I, I do. I mean, I think I think there's yeah, I and mean, I think maybe part of that has come out of this process of of like seeing something from beginning, middle, and end to right through, and that does feel satisfying. And it it feels like maybe for a long time in my career, I felt like I had so much to prove to people, um, and I just wanted that opportunity to prove myself. And I don't feel like that's burning away at me so much anymore. Um, and I feel like. 
I don't know. I feel like I've maybe sort of um, slowly gathered the respect of my peers. <laughs> and that's kind of made me go, oh, OK, I feel like I belong now. How wonderful. Also, um, that you said you're not competitive anymore. I'm going to just say one word. And on. I think you may be competitive when it comes to golf. Oh, OK, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you see, <laughs> you see, the truth will out. Oh, yes. I've had a little hiatus from golf. I didn't bring my clubs to New York. Um, and I'm really missing it. <laughs> I love really? it so much. I love it. It's just, I mean, it's something I've always loved, but obviously during, during lockdown, I found myself in a position where I couldn't get back to the UK to see my kids. I couldn't go to work. The only thing I could do was play golf. And for the first time in my life, I could kind of play golf guilt-free without thinking well, I've got to be somewhere. Um, and so I just kind of like got really into it and honed my skills um, and maybe got a little bit obsessed. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, and no, I do. That's my happy place on the golf course. And, but, and are you competitive on the golf course? Have you actually well, played any proper was, games of golf now? I would tell you that, um, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, someone who I play with a lot now is Dennis Haysbert, who plays God in season five of Lucifer, who is oh, also wow. a hugely keen golfer. Um, and so we play a lot and we are very competitive with each other. And the, the language is very... Uh, we're quite evenly matched, actually. So it's very up and down. It's like depends who's playing best on the day. So that's what I like about it. But um, yeah, that was a, an, again another kind of like gift that came with um, with the casting of Dennis. He's just um, turned into one of my biggest golfing buddies, which is great. Do you know you do see the headline now? Golf, uh, sorry, uh, God versus the devil. On the golf course. <laughs> on the golf and course. Evenly matched, Lucifer yeah, and God. Yeah, love it. Um, so on this podcast, we always ask everybody what makes them truly belly laugh. What makes what makes you laugh a lot? Apart from falling oh. over with a Miranda, what other, what makes you properly laugh? Honestly, my kids. Like, and uh, I mean, all my kids make me laugh. But I, to, uh, Nora and Flo won't mind me saying that Marnie, my youngest, is essentially a stand-up comedian. Really? I just... <laughs> Oh my God, Marnie's nine years old now and she has always been hilarious. And not just like hilarious, silly, but like witty. And like her, you can, I can see her humour developing and stuff. She just makes me laugh so much. Um, and just like calls me out and heckles me. <laughs> She's really funny. Um, so I'd say my children. Do you think they're going to be following you and, and their mummies into uh, this industry as well? It sort of feels slightly like they're going to. I mean, all of my kids have got elements of performance that they're fantastic at and that they, uh, if they wanted to do it, I would not stand in their way at all. Um, I'm not like going to be, a, I'm not going to be a pushy stage dad, but at the same time, I'm not going to be the person saying, oh no, they I would definitely wouldn't let them come into this industry um, because they're all really gifted in their own different ways. So I, I would be surprised if one of the three don't, you know, follow in the footsteps. I think by the sounds of it, it might be Marnie. <laughs> it may See, well be watch this space just the giggle itself gives it away that she makes oh me laugh God. and I love that laughing is is the best medicine listen good luck with with all of it I really I, oh. I do mean it and as I said you sound in a really good place and um, if you're ever inclined okay mm -hmm. Can you, because I say this every time I see Sarah Hadland, who, as I said, I love, um, can you <laughs> just drop a good word in with Miranda and say that we would all like a Christmas special? 
Oh, I will. I will. We're due a phone call, actually, so um, I'll, I'll let it be known. Okay, you know, thank it's, you very it's, much. it's funny. We, we always say never say never on that show. There is still, you know, there's maybe things we can explore about those characters still later in their lives. So um, watch this space. Yes! I'm going to take that <laughs> as a yes. I'm going to take it as a yes. <laughs> I'm going to have Miranda on the phone going, what did you say to Gabby Roslin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to email her now and say, oh, Tom's just said. It's fantastic news. What good news. Anyway, listen, you take good care. Carry on thank enjoying you, uh, your, your filming. And, and thank you so much for chatting. It's really lovely no to problem. speak to you. You too. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up next week, Ben Miller. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Could you please tap the follow or subscribe button? And thanks so much for your amazing reviews. We honestly read every single one and they mean the world to us. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies.